Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Rack Show. I uh, today's I am your host today. Excuse me, Frank Horvath. Uh, joining the studio is Tim Kelly. Tim, say hi. Hey, everyone. All right. So we have an exciting new show for you guys. Um, we're going to be talking about all things what self defense, right? Yep. Um, you know, personal self defense, self defense for your family, things uh, to think about, things to consider. Uh, really, we want to help educate our community, and uh, the, one of the avenues we're going to be doing that is uh, through radio, right? Through the radio waves. Right. All right. So, uh, the, with this being our first show, introduction should be key. Uh, so, again, my name is Frank Corvath. Um, I'm a firearms instructor uh, with Apache Solutions. Have a number of years of training uh, under my belt from uh, several firearms uh, reputable instructors. Tom Gibbons being one of them, um, a range master, master certified instructor. Uh, I hold competencies from North Carolina uh, Department of Justice, uh, hold a number of um, um, instructor ratings from the NRA and several uh, dis- dis- excuse me, several different disciplines. Uh, Tim Kelly's here in the studio joining me. Tim, talk a little bit about yourself. All right, so my name is Tim Kelly. I'm the owner of Apache. I started this business back in 2017 with the intentions of creating a stronger and more competent armed society. See, I've been teaching or leading in some way, shape, or form in the last 15, 20 years or so. Um, I'm a married man and uh, happily married and have two kids, two wonderful kids. Uh, Love everything outdoors and love my job. It's a lot of fun. So, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Giddy up, thank you. Uh, so, why why firearms training? Why involve yourself in this at all? Um, or excuse me, why self defense? Right. So, you know, we have both you know talked about self defense. We've talked about you know living that life. Um, what does that mean to you? And why is it so important? Why are we taking the time to talk to the uh, our radio listening audience today? Okay. So I had a pretty big eye-opening experience um, after I got out of the Marine Corps. and just, I was wandering around aimlessly trying to figure out what I was going to do with myself. And, and I uncovered a pretty significant need for firearms training within the community. Um, essentially, there, there was the only thing that was out there was, you know, you're just a random concealed carry classes or, you know, you're, you're open to the public gun ranges and that type of thing. Um, so... <clears throat> I, I thought it would be beneficial if we were uh, beneficial to our communities if if we would build a business that that helped to guide people in the right direction, help provide some type of metric to hold themselves to, um, and, and that sort of thing. So, self defense is really important to me, um, and you know, self preservation, the the ability to look out for myself and my own, um, and, and I think that's a, that's a right that we I know that is a right that we all have. Um, and, and we should be, um, should be working towards and, and working on building, um, building up our skills in that. So, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, man, I, and I completely agree with that. You know, one of the, one of the reasons why I started down this path, you know, many, many years ago was, you know, I had an incident that shook me. Right. So, you know, young, dumb, 19-year-old kid going down the interstate and see a car that's pulling on the side of the road. Lady looked like she was having an issue with her tire, so, you know, I pulled over to help, right? What what any good citizen would do, right, that we would assume. And um, from that point, you know, got out, tried to help this lady, 
ended up having a gun pointed to the back of my head. All my stuff stolen, right? So truck gone, car key, like keys, wallet, you know, flip phone at the time gone, nothing. Um, so, you know, from that incident, it was a kind of a surprise of, uh, maybe I need to look into, you know, how to, you know, some self-preservation skills, right? Um, so went home, told my grandfather about what had happened. He said, here you go. It was old Ruger P89, right? Just a big, you know, monster hunk of a, of metal. you know, hunk of metal, huge hunk of metal. <laughs> and uh, from that, um, I grabbed, I had that firearm, stuck it on the dash of my truck. And um, that was it, right? I was, I was now, I knew how to defend myself. I had something to defend myself and it lived there, right? So, you know, I would take it off the dash and I'd stick it up underneath the seat or something like that. Again, you don't know what you don't know. And sure. at that time, you know, I, I was, I was ignorant, all right? I didn't know like what I do now and how unsafe sure. that actually was and what I was doing. Well, um, I mean, if, if that were, if that were you, if you were in that position, giving yourself some advice later on, you would have likely started off with something more like, Hey man, let's talk a little bit more about situational awareness Absolutely. and let's have some of these discussions about some of the dangers of stopping on the side of the road yep. uh, to help people and, and, and discuss some of those things and how to, how to get around that, just different options. Uh, some less lethal tools or something like that might be a good idea. Verbal um, judo, yeah, you know, being able to use yeah, your, just use words, right? Um, or avoiding the um, avoiding the altercation altogether, right. or just avoiding altogether. Um, you know, there's there's so many things. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Hindsight's right. always twenty twenty. But you know, unfortunately, with self defense, often that is you know, hindsight's way too late. It's way too right. after the fact. You need to do everything that you can to stay ahead of the curve. Um, you know, or, or before the curve, um, you know, before anything happens. And if something were to happen or start to unfold, hopefully you'd have the, you know, the mental presence, the, the, you know, the skill, um, the mental fortitude to be able to handle that situation. Right. Um, you know, you know, th through that, through that entire, you know, journey, right. That's what really kicked everything off for me. And then I went from experience to experience to experience before I finally started getting training. Right. And, um, you know, th I, I hope our listening audience, you know, understands, you know, there are fun things to do out there and there are fun things that you can do, you know, with firearms, with training. Um, you know, we're talking about like, you know, shooting out of helicopters and, you know, getting all like tacked out and, you know, feeling all cool and macho versus what actual civilian, you know, here in the States, you know, training, you know, firearms training, firearms self-defense training looks like. Um, and, and again, like you said, it's not all, you know, guns and gadgets. Like it's, there's so many other, you know, soft skills There's so many other, you know, like I said, the verbal judo, there's, uh, you know, you, how to use, you know, impact weapons effectively, how to use chemical weapons effectively, how to use yourself effectively, right? right. Keeping your head up out of the sand and, and, and being aware, you know, one of the things that, and we kind of, um, we kind of joke about it or talk about it. You know, go go in Walmart or you know go sit in a Walmart parking lot somewhere, and park your car and just watch. Right, right. Watch everything. Watch how many people have their you know heads buried in their phones as they're walking you know in, into a store. Watch how many people are watching other people do this exact same thing. It's a little un alarming, right? A little unnerving. Right. So you know you're potentially watching, you know somebody that could have malicious intent or they could be doing the same thing you're doing just just people watching waiting for a loved one that's in the store or whatever like you, you just don't know 
And, you know, looking for those precursors, looking for those signs, there's just so much to that, that, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. And it's something that we should really, you know, push forwards and, you know, push towards, you know, teaching and educating our environment. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, I, you know, look, looking back, uh, and we, we find ourselves in the, in the, in the roles we have now, uh, within Apache, um, mentoring and guiding people through some of these, uh, you know, contingency plans, uh, and that sort of thing. No more are the days of, Hey, here's a gun. That's all you need. Here's that magic talisman. It'll fix everything. It's going to jump up and just come to life and save you all of a sudden. Right. Yeah, right. we, I mean, we don't have that anymore, um, or we don't have that with, with us, but it happens everywhere else around us. You know, there's grandfathers and dads all over the world that are just, hey, this will fix everything. Right, right. And yeah, I agree. Check what, when we come back from the break, we're going to take a break here in just a little bit. Uh, let's talk about Apache Solutions. Let's talk about what it is, why it is, why it's here, what can it do for our listening audience. You're listening to WSIC. We're the Show Rack Show. Come back. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen of the audience. Thank you for joining in with us for the Rack Show, uh, where we talk about all things self-defense on the wonderful WSIC. Uh, in studio with me, uh, Frank Horvath, and I have Tim Kelly here. We're about to talk about Apache Solutions, who they are, why Apache, why choose Apache, what can Apache do for the responsibly armed citizen. Um, so, Tim? Uh, who is Apache? What, what Apache and why do we care? Sure. So Apache Solutions is a firearms training company based out of Yadkinville, North Carolina. We're structured a lot like a gym with a private trainer. So uh, folks will come out and um, book a one-hour private block of a one-hour block of private instruction or a two-hour block, um, and our instructors will meet them where they are, help them establish goals, and then help them meet those goals along the way. You know, we have students that come out once a week, once a month, um, once every, you know, every other week, you know, just whatever fits their schedule the best. But um, it, it's it's not the same thing as going to an a, a open to the public gun range, um, putting up a, 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 a target on a piece of cardboard and then punching holes in it all day without any type of guidance. So um, it, it's a little bit more boutique. So. A lot of our, <clears throat> a lot of our students that come out, uh, that that come out and frequent the place, um, many of them will start off with you know already existing gear, already existing uh, firearms and that type of thing, and then we just kind of like fine tune them along the way, find out what works for them, what fits, um, and and they learn through experience, right? So right. That, that guided instruction really helps uh, point them in the right direction. You know, and that's that's one of the rude things. So so. You know, total honesty. You know, I'm I am a part of Apache Solutions. Uh, I am the uh, staff administrator for Apache Solutions, and I have a hundred percent buy-in in Apache. Uh, you know, I joined Apache what six months or so after it had started as a student, yeah. Yeah. and then uh, and then like a bad ration never left. But you know, the the the, re the really cool things that I've seen done at Apache is you know it's not all just you know diehard guys out there wanting, you know, you know, wanting to, you know, be all gun tubers and, you know, all this cool stuff. 
it's families, right? Right. It's individuals who need help. It's individuals who may have unfortunately gone through something, you know, such as myself that and that shook them a little bit, um, or some sort of you know family situation, a domestic situation. Um, but you know, like I said, it's families. It's it's you know, uh, moms and dads, parents who said, "Hey, we have guns in our homes, right. and we want to help educate our children a little bit." We have, um, um, you know, I, I've never had formal training. I, maybe I'd like to get a little bit of formal training. Um, so let's see what this is all about. Like, there's just there's such a wide gambit of people and di- different experiences that is so attractive about training at Apache. Well, before I started Apache, it was like I looked around for it. Like formal training or, or in this area at that time, unless it was hidden somewhere under a rock, I couldn't find it. There was no such thing as formal training. The closest thing you can get to that is a concealed carry class, and those are different across the board. Now everyone and their sister has a certificate to teach concealed carry in the state right. of North Carolina. It's everywhere, right? There's no place that existed for someone to go and say, listen, uh, I went and bought this lucky rabbit's foot, and that's how I've been treating it for the last you know, five or ten years. Um, but I just come to the realization, I don't know what I'm doing with it. Right. Right? Like, I don't. I keep it in my glove box or something like that, and uh, my buddy just got it stolen out of his truck, and I keep running through my mind, does that really does that really make sense to keep it in the glove box? Like, am I, am I actually going to be able to, you know, uh, access that under, under duress? Right. Um, is it realistic? People are asking the, themselves their questions, but most, um, most will live in a state of denial. Like, they just, they just think that it's, it's just going to magically save them one day. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these families that come out and uh, attend our private sessions, they quickly realize, like, oh, man, this, this, is, this is a lot more practical. Like, this is a lot more practical use uh, for my firearm. It's not, it's not something that just lives in a sock drawer somewhere. Um, it might actually be a viable tool. Um, and, you know, it's not just going to magically work. Everything's not just going to magically work out. So... <clears throat> That again, that formal training thing just didn't exist, and so now families have that option. They can have this this uh, this customized training um, and and boutique options um, uh, for them to grow in as a responsibly armed citizen. Yeah, and, and you know, again, the, you touch on so many things just now that it's it's hard to pick and choose. But you know, um, you know, really focusing on you know the those those aspects, right? Focusing on you know what proper firearms etiquette is, proper, right. focusing on what proper firearm safety is. There's so many things that's wrapped up in that that, you know, people just take for granted, uh, especially in our area. You know, what's what's the thing that we hear all the time? And I've, I grew up around guns. Oh, I've ra- been raised on guns, right? Which, 100%, like, I had, I was exposed to firearms very, very young. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, even with that exposure, being, you know, being so young and with that exposure of, you know, being around firearms and that, you know, training, being situation aware, knowing how to use, you know, a farm under duress is huge. Right. You know, take a look at, you know, one, one of the things, again, I, I really enjoy the law, really enjoy looking at self-defense, you know, incidences, you know, a, across the world, um, but especially, you know, cr- across the United States. But there are so many incidences of, um, you know, good Samaritan, good guy, being at the wrong place at the wrong time and it not working out for Good Samaritan, right? Yeah. There wasn't good training that was in place. They, they, you know, had a preconceived notion of what it was going to look like, um, how things were going to unroll. 
And then you have, you know, the totally opposite of you have Good Samaritan who has proper training, who overcame this the the poor scenario, the poor situation that we're in, and you know, and because there was some a little bit of training there, because they understood what was going on, they they had some practice. Um, case in point, take a look at uh, the white settlement, um, yeah. you know, issue down in Texas. So we had a unhinged individual pull a firearm um, on you know some deacons and you know inside of a church. Uh, that unhinged individual, um, you know, there was a, a gentleman who it was obvious he did not have good training, and unfortunately he lost you know, he he lost his life because of his his actions and the way that he had you know uh, wasn't able to read the cues exactly yeah. wasn't able to read the cues, and then we had another gentleman that was there who you know did have some training who was able to take effective hits to stop the threat right uh, and you know very quickly very calmly. And, you know, and all this happened in the course of literally three seconds. Right. I mean, it was like, you know, there, you know, scenario presented itself, shots were fired to, you know, the entire event being over literally in three seconds. And, you know, three seconds can change your life. Yeah. Right? I mean, it, there's just so much that's wrapped around involved in that. And people just, yeah, I, I wish I could just tell everybody, like, you just don't understand. Like, yeah. you have to, you know, you have to be present. You have to understand that there's <clears throat> evil out there. And, you know, we have to do our best to, you know, to stay safe from that. Right. Well, early on, you, you talked about, like, growing up around guns. Early on, I was talking about, you know, providing some type of metric for our community. Um, and, you know, before, before we came around, specific, specifically in Yakin County, uh, before we came around, there was no metric. There was no standard or anything like that that people could actually hold themselves to. The closest thing that they can, they could, you know, uh, the, the closest thing that they could use is a concealed carry handgun permit. Right. But most will always fall back on, you know, well, I grew up around guns. Well, that means something completely. I grew up around guns too, and so did you. Yeah. But that means something completely different for you than it does to me. Right. Right. So your your experiences growing up around guns. Are com- I've taught, had these conversations with you. They're yep. completely different than yep. mine, right? They mean completely different things. So it's not a metric. It's not a standard. Um, you ask any law enforcement officer, you know, um, how what their performance is like behind a handgun, and all, all you need is the you know their score and the the department that they work for, and you could Google their qualification, have a general idea of what they're capable of behind a handgun. With a concealed carry handgun permit, the qualifications are different across the across the state. Absolutely, and everybody teaches it differently across the state. Yep. And most of the time, let's be honest, it's nothing more than a sobriety test. Right. It's not a realistic, practical standard that they should be, you know, using as a metric for success. Yeah, it's a check in a box. Right. Right. And through you know our our private sessions, you know, in the last. In the last six years, we've got well over 5,000 hours of private sessions. Yep. Um, we've used that as a laboratory to collect data along the way and build and develop those metrics. What What is realistic for, you know, someone to be able to, you know, get educated on, on the subject matter and, um, you know, get work on those different skills and then evaluate their performance over over time. Right. You know, it, it's, it's much like going to school. It's much like going to school. You know, and that's, that's one of the <clears> things that I, I really enjoy about you know, Apache is it's that, that, that dojo kind of feel. Like you can take somebody that has literally no experience to, 
you know, and, and work with them on what their, you know, their goals and their objectives are, all the way from somebody who has a ton of experience and they just want to be a little faster, a little quicker, but they feel like they've plateaued. Like right. it's literally the gambit. Um, you know, uh, we talked briefly about families. You know, it's something that I hold very near and dear to my heart is working with kids. Right. Um, again, not every kid's the same. Not every kid is, is ready. You know, there, there's a lot of things, you know, you, and your, uh, you know, the guardians of that kid, the parents of that kid really need to help, you know, need to make that decision, need to be intimately involved in that. But, you know, um, you know I'm not going to, you know, I'm a father. I'm a father of three. I, there's no way that I can guarantee that my kids aren't going to be somewhere where they're going to be exposed to a firearm. Yeah. As a matter of fact, um, I, I know of somebody who walked into a bathroom not long, not long ago and saw a firearm sitting in a public bathroom, saw a firearm sitting on the very back of the, you know, the stall, back of the toilet. How easy, how quickly could that have been, you know, a child? How quickly could that have been my child right. that was just exposed to that? Like, you know, what do we do? How do we handle that? And like, there's just, there's so much that's involved in that. And, um, you know, educating our families, educating our kids, educating our community, again, very near and dear to our hearts, very something that, you know, is extremely important. Amen. Um, so, uh, so, you know, again, no, talking about a little, a little bit of Apache, uh, we have something called four pillars, right? The four pillars that every responsibly armed citizen should know about. Um, uh, we're we're going to come up on a break soon. So I think as soon as we come back from the break, we're going to talk about those four pillars a little bit. We're going to talk about, you know, what those are. Tim, give us a quick preview. What are the four pillars? So the four pillars are, are something that you need as a responsibly armed citizen, and they all revolve around quality, quality, training, quality gear, quality gunsmith, and quality representation. Fantastic. Well, Tim, uh, thanks for uh, sticking around. Stay with us, guys. Uh, stay with us, listening audience. You're listening to The Rack Show on WSIC. Welcome back to The Rack Show uh, with your hosts, Frank Horvath and Tim Kelly. Uh, we are here with Apache Solutions. We're talking about all things self-defense. Uh, and our to topic for the next segment is the four pillars. So Tim gave you a little bit of a preview of what the four pillars were. Tim, let's expand a little bit. So uh, four pillars, uh, all wrapped around quality. Uh, what's the first pillar? What are we talking about? Why is it important? Why does a responsibly armed citizen need to have these pillars? Well, first of all, I mean, we're, we're talking about somebody needs something. We got to be careful about the word need, right? If, if I tell you, you need something, I'm not going to tell you, Hey, you need a Glock handgun or right. you need a SIG firearm or something like that. You're not, I'm not going to be stuck to some type of make or, or, or model or something along those lines. It's got to be based off of something that's, that's practical and reasonable for, for their use. Right? So if I say need, I really mean you need it. The first one's quality training, and we've just been talking about that all morning so far. So um, the quality training means you should be vetting your instructor. You should be vetting the, the, the company that you're taking training from, and, and you should be prioritizing practicality, right? So what is, what is more practical for your everyday life, right? right? Not, not his everyday life or her everyday life, but what is more practical for you? And, and that's where you get the real education. I mean, if, I, if, I, if I'm going to, if I have plans to be a doctor, right, uh, I'm not going to go to school to be a carpenter. Uh, 
Right. Right. I mean, that's just because carpentry is fun, right? The, the same thing applies here. If, if you're going to carry a gun as a, um, you know, a responsibly armed citizen, name a job, uh, you're a mechanic or something like right. that, um, you really need to try to make that fit your everyday lifestyle. Now, there's different training that exists uh, on, on all across the country. There's a lot of a lot of really good quality instructors. Uh, but if you're not a part of this community, uh, having been in those shoes, you don't know that they actually exist. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, one of the things that that um, you know that I, again I experience. I, I experience a lot of experiences, and I didn't experience a lot of like what quality training was. So like I thought I was training. That, that was the scary part, right? Right. I thought that I was doing the right things. I thought that you know I was learning from these you know you know Delta Force you know ex military guys, but woe did I know that. You know, a lot of those experiences, you know, I love our armed forces, right? Love our veterans. But a lot of those experiences that, that you know, those teams, those guys bring back isn't applicable to, to, to civilians, right? right? We're not running as a team. We're running as an individual. Or if we're lucky, we're running with, you know, a loved one, a spouse, you know, something that can that has your pack. Right. But, you know, um, there's a lot of really good instructors that are in our area. There's a lot of not so great instructors that are in the area. But how do you know? How do you vet? What are some questions that you can ask your instructors? What are some things that you can do to help vet those instructors and vet the training companies that you're getting training with? Well, I mean, you just hit on hit on one. I, I think one of the more common misconceptions is, well, you you were uh, you were in the Marine Corps, right, Tim? Yeah, yeah, I was in the Marine Corps. Okay, so then I'm in, I'm in good hands here. Well, please, please don't just judge our company based off of my time spent in the military. Right. Only a small fraction of that actually transfers over to how we teach and how this business is ran. Um, it, conventional warfare and being a responsibly armed citizen are two completely different things. Those are two completely things that you gear up for. You know, um, we're, not, we're not talking about, you know, uh, patrolling, you know, patrolling in Helmand province of, of, of Afghanistan, we're talking about going to the grocery store right. and, and, you know, states, downtown Statesville, you know, that's, that's what we're talking about. Right. Um, and, and the, the, the stuff that you put in place to, um, to make it out on top, uh, is, is much different than what you would in, in a conventional warfare environment. So if you're trying to vet your instructors, don't just base it solely off of, oh, they were law enforcement or, oh, they were military or something like that. Dig a little deeper. See what kind of ratings they've got. Um, I mean, first off, if, if they've got a uh, range master um, certified instructor rating of some sort, that's a, that's a really good key. It's a good um, indicator. Yeah, it's a good indicator yeah. that, you know, that, that you're, you're falling into the right hands. Um, but if all they've got is, you know, they, they spent – you know, time uh, in the military, you know, they were underwater scout sniper or something like that. That doesn't really apply to your basic pistol class. Right. Right. It may sound cool and look fancy, but it doesn't apply. Right. So be careful when in that vetting process. The next thing is if you just happen to get into that class and you show up to that class and you get to the range, if it does not start off with some type of legitimate safety brief. 100%. Yeah. Or and um, and some type of emergency protocol where there are there are things set in place in the event of an emergency that you know they can just unlock that and and you know take care of business. If they don't have plans put in place, 
why are you trusting them with your life? Right. Why are you trusting them to plan or to help you plan for your, you know, your experience um, out in town? Yep. If they're not prepared themselves. So that's, that's a, that's a key indicator to just leave. Yeah. One, one, so, so, you know, one of the things that I really enjoy that's, it's almost, it's almost like a favorite pastime is, you know, I'm, I'm a forever student. All right. I love learning. I love, you know, teaching. Um, I love like learning, you know, the thousand different ways of saying the exact same thing. Um, you know, something I'm really passionate about. So because of that, you know, I take, you know, throughout the year, I'll take, you know, five or six different concealed carry classes from different area instructors and just sit in on the class. And I'll, I'll be honest, I've straight up walked out of some of these classes because, you know, the, the instructor was like, all right, we're going to shoot out here and we're going to shoot at this, you know, across this field at this target. I'm like, well, where's the berm? Like what's, you know, where's our safety brief? Like, where's any of this? And it was literally non-existent. Yeah. So it's one of the things where I don't even ask for my money back. I'm like, hi, hmm. I'm out. Um, keep the money. You're going to need it. You know, that's yeah. <laughs> seriously like, like, you know, that's a, they're one lawsuit away from, you know, financial ruin, right. one negligent, <clears throat> you know, uh, misuse of, of a firearm and you know, they're, they're, they're ruined. For um, sure. and again, and, and that's real. That's, that's scary. Um, so that's, let's talk about, you know, quality instruction, quality instructors. What's our next pillar? Quality gear. Um, man, I love guns. I love guns. I love all the gear. I love, I love all the gear, all the things, all of the things, all the toys. Uh, it's, it's, it's great. And, you know, I, I get just as happy as, as, you know, any red, uh, red blooded American that walks into a gun store and, you know, sees all the guns and gear and stuff. But at the end of the day, if you are talking about gearing up for your everyday life, um, you've got to be careful about your gear selection. Right. Um, having worked in the, the, the manufacturing side of things for a short period of time, uh, I, I know that there's a lot of snakes in the industry. There's a lot of people that are just out to get your money. Um, and, you know, they, they, they really don't produce quality gear. They, a lot of them produce gimmicks. So you've got to be careful about the quality that you're, you know, quality of handgun, the quality holsters, the quality of you know, pepper spray, um, right. the, you know, th these are all things that you really got to look into. And, you know, if, if you're in inside the training community, there's a lot of great resources out there that exist. And if you've got a good, a good trainer, they should be able to point you in the right direction of some of these, uh, you know, some, some of these quality options. Yeah, absolutely. You know, w one of the things that, again, you know, uh, thinking back on when I was first introduced to all of this, you know, I thought I had great gear. I thought I had a quality firearm. I thought I had, you know, uh, a good holster. But woe did I know um, that I, I really didn't. Um, you know, there's there's reasons why, you know, good trainers don't allow certain types of gear, certain, um, you know, uh, firearms will even, will go as far as say, you know, on the range. Um, you know, some gear, like nylon holsters, right? Those cheap, like Uncle Mike's, Mm -hmm. They're great for holding a firearm, like maybe in a safe or something like that. That's about it. Um, you know, if you're using that to conceal carry, if you're using that to open carry, there's there, there's some issues there. Um, yeah. You know, the nylon holsters collapse. You know, and what 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 tends to happen when the nylon holster collapse? You have to use two fingers and try and you know fish it in, you know, back in the holster, and it it, it causes a it, it's a a failure point. It's a place right. where potential negligence can happen. Right. Um, um, yeah. and again, you know, if you're using this for, for concealed carry, if you're using this to defend your life, is it going to work when you need it to work? Mm -hmm. Is it going to perform when you need it to perform? You know, we don't want it to, 
to fail. We don't want it to break when we don't expect it to. And I mean, let's think, but let's face it, you know, things happen, right? That can happen with any, with any kind of farm, but, or any kind of gear, but, you know, taking time to put work into your equipment, uh, to make sure that they're, it's sufficient to make sure that it's working, to make sure that you're comfortable with its use and it's functioning the, the way that it's supposed to function. You know, that's, that's, that's ultimate. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and that kind of brings us to our next pillar. You know, we were talking about quality gear. It doesn't matter what you get into. If you get into it and you start using it over and over and over again, things are going to start to break. Right. And that's just the way it goes. So in the event you have gear start to break, you need to have quality a quality gunsmith. And I'm not talking about Uncle Joe in the backyard and in, in, in his backyard shed with a Dremel tool. Right. I'm talking about somebody who actually has a, um, you know, a, a background in gunsmithing. They have experience. Uh, and they're not just going to cut your gun to pieces or Dremel it to pieces right. and stuff just to make it look cool. They're, you know, they're going to be careful about what they what they put out there right. because their name's attached to it. Right. That's the kind of gunsmith you want on your side. You know, and, and thinking about that, you know, some names I or a name that comes immediately to mind for, for me is Ryan Flynn of Aquila Custom Gunworks, right? Uh, he's up in East Bend, phenomenal gunsmith, um, has phenomenal work, teaches at Montgomery um, uh, Community College in their gunsmithing program. Just a, a great overall um, gunsmith. Everything I've ever brought to him has always been flawless like it's right. been so good may have to wait a little bit for it right he's he's used because he's so good he's a little bit backed up he has a lot of work but man it's it is i i have no issues no concerns in any way shape or form taking anything to him yeah. again guys find a quality gunsmith somebody that you know if something happens something breaks they can fix it um and that they'll, they'll and they'll do it right 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 um, so we got one more pillar. What's that last pillar? Last pillar is quality representation. I think this is probably the most often overlooked, um, uh, piece of the responsibly armed citizen, uh, where, where people just rely on, uh, I think it's just going to be a good shoot. You know, if I, if I, if I have to draw my gun, I know that, you know, everything's just going to work out perfect. Well, you're not, you're not going to, you're not going to be able to just suggest that and, and rely on that. That's not, that's not realistic, right? You really need to have something in your back pocket to where you're not going to get hung up in the court system, spending out your, you know, lifetimes, lifetime of earnings, trying to defend yourself in some, you know, forever lasting court case. Right. You know, and uh, there's there's a number of uh, you know quality companies that are out there. Uh, we've partnered up with USCCA. Yep. Um, it's definitely something that we're going to have a much longer conversation about. Uh, yep. One of our upcoming shows, um, we're going to bring some, uh, somebody in on there with us as a guest. They're going to help talk with us a little bit about what quality representation actually looks like, and you know what some things that uh, some things that are out there. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening, uh, thank you for listening to the Rack Show. Uh, we're going to take a break here in just a little bit. You're listening to the Rack Show on WSIC, where your news is now. Um, we'll be right back.
Thank you for listening. If you're joining us now, you're joining us for the Rack Show. There we go. I'm getting tongue-tied all of it again. Uh, this is the Rack Show with your hosts, Frank Warbath and Tim Kelly, on the world-renowned WSIC, located here in Statesville. We are joining you from Studio B, um, one of the brand-new studios that's at WSIC. We've been talking with you guys about... Um, a little bit about who we were, a little bit about who Apache Solutions is in Yakaville, North Carolina. We talked a little bit about the f- four pillars of a responsibly armed citizen. Uh, and be sure, guys, we will be coming back to those in future shows. We'll begin talking about those a little bit more in depth um, as we continue. Now we're going to shift a little bit. We want to focus on different competencies, right? So every month we have something that we call the competency of the month. Uh and it's it's really to help make a more well-rounded armed citizen, a responsibly armed citizen. So, Tim, what is our competency of the month? So, <clears throat> competency of the month started off as an in-house like cadre development type thing um, for for all of our um, all of the folks that are, are instructors and upcoming instructors yeah, associated know, with Apache. Yeah, right? associated with Apache. Um, it, it's meant to like encourage them to to dive into the subject, better educate themselves, so they can they can better talk about it and and um, articulate um, the, the the competency itself. So this month's competency of the month is uh, third party altercations. So how to deal with it? You know, um, should I deal with it? You know, what what are my options? What are the avenues? So on and so forth. So let's back up a second. Yeah. What is a third-party altercation? Because that is a lot of words that seem like they're just strung together. So what does that mean? Okay. So that means, uh, I'm trying to break this down into in best layman terms I possibly can. Give me the baby speak. So if, if you get involved in somebody else's drama. Got it. Right. You get involved. It doesn't matter if it's a family member. It doesn't matter if it's a, a friend or a stranger. But it's it's their business, not yours, and you get involved with it. You decide you're going to intervene um, f- for for their safety, and um, th- there's a lot that can go wrong with that. And it's something that I, I, again, I think it is is commonly overlooked. You know, where oh, that would never happen to me, or you know, well, I would just do this, or I would just do that. It's easy to, it's easy to think that you're pre-gaming it, But right? it's one of the most difficult things to navigate. Right. It's one of the most difficult scenarios to navigate. Right, right. You know, so so let's break that down a little bit. So um, should you get involved in a third-party uh, altercation? Are there, you know, some you know, key points to where it may be beneficial or not? Like, how, how do we know? How do we navigate that? How do we figure that out? Um... You know, for me, uh, you know, my answer to that would be it depends, mm-hmm. right? Because um, it, it, you know, it, it always depends. It depends on, you know, my personal level of training. It depends on how I'm feeling that day. It depends on, um, you know, who's involved, right? Right. Um, you can bet that if it is not, you know, somebody that who I am, you know, intimately involved in, if it's not, you know, my family, pretty much. I mean, that's, that, that's pretty much it. If it's not my immediate family at that, um, I'm probably not going to get involved. Right. Uh, again, situation dictates. Mm-hmm. But you know, there's 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 just too much at risk. Right. Um, you know, for it's easy to say that you know you're going to be the the good guy in the scenario. You're going to be the yeah. good Samaritan. You're going to be the one who comes in and saves the day. But is that your responsibility? And if it goes south, which it does, you know, I would say you know greater than two thirds of the time anyway. Right. So for every three, you know. 
third-party altercations, two two times out of the three, it doesn't turn out well for those for the the good Samaritan, the person who's intervening, right? Right. It's only that you know third of the time where it, it, it does work out. And they're the ones that we hear about the heroes, but there are way more examples of the latter, way right. more, or excuse me, of, of, of the sooner, way more examples of it not turning out well you right. know, for the, for the, you know, the, the good Samaritan, the person who's involving himself in, into this, this third party altercation. For sure. Um, but in the, in the day of the, the, the active shooter, I mean, that, that's right. something that unfortunately is a part of our reality right now. You know, you hear a lot of folks that, that, that make up these plans in their head and like they're, they have this idea of how they're going to handle something like that should they ever come across. Oh, I carry a truck gun. Why? Is that your mission? Is that, is that what you're going after? Do you have an end goal? And, and that's something we ask in a lot of our, a lot of our classes, especially like um, our AEDC class, the interactive concepts. So, 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 what is that? What is AEDC? AEDC is advancing everyday carry. Okay. Um, uh, so we have two different, uh, two different components to that. We have skill acquisition, where you focus on the technical skills that are involved, some of the more critical technical skills that are most likely to be involved um, in uh, in in a self defense application. Okay. And then the interactive concepts is more of an, a scenario immersion type thing. So where we actually really kind of get you in that mental headspace of really, what are you doing? Right. Like what, what are you planning for? Because most of us just like to, you know, you know, look at the gear and stuff like that. And it, and you know, some people look at it as a magic talisman. Some people look at it like, well, I'm, I'm geared up cause I got a gun. I got pepper spray or I've got this, I've got the tools, but you don't really know how or why to use it. And, and you know, the, 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 the third party, um, the third party altercations in in some of the more immersed uh, scenarios that we do, th- that's that sh- tends to be one of the most difficult things uh, for for a student to navigate. Right. You know, should I get involved? So we start off that class with, "What's your mission? Why are you doing this? Why are you carrying a gun to protect yourself? Why are you carrying tools in general to protect yourself? What are you willing to sacrifice? Who?" are you willing to sacrifice? Right. These are all questions that we should be asking ourselves as responsibly armed citizens, because if we don't have that already mapped out in our heads, we're going to have to make the decision right then and there in the moment. Right. And a, that is generally where emotions are involved. Right. And if we make our decisions based off of emotions, we're more likely to screw up and make a mistake. Um, and if you're if you're interested in finding out whether or not that's actual, like th- that that's a problem for you, then get into a some type of scenario based training. You know, get in with uh, with us or get in with ShivWorks. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Craig Delix with ShivWorks. Yeah, yeah. Fan, phenomenal. Get in get in with that class. His ECQC class, Extreme Close Quarters. Um, get get into that class, and and you'll see just what I'm talking about about how making decisions based off of just pure emotions um, can really, really get you into a lot of trouble. And I think where the third party thing is, like give you just an example, right? Um, You you have no idea who the couple is, but you're a man, you stumble upon uh, a man and a woman having some type of domestic dispute outside in the parking lot of a restaurant or something like that. Right. They're fighting and arguing, yelling and pushing and stuff like that, and he hauls off and hit her. Are you going to get involved? How are you going to get involved? Yeah, how? Right. I mean, there's 
there's there's so many different options that you have. And, you know, of course, none of us want to watch some innocent person get beat on, Um, especially if if it's a, you know, someone that can seriously overpower the other individual. We don't want to sit back and watch that, right? right? A lot of us would want to do something about it. It goes, it feels like it goes against like every fiber of your being, right? Especially like as a, as a man, like you're like, no, no, that's not going to happen. Like I want to, I want to, I want to save the day. I want to, I want to fix this, but Um, but I, but I don't know him, right? right? I I don't know his intents. I don't, I know he's, I know he's pissed. I know he's mad. I know he's, he's hitting her. Right. If I go over there, it is more likely that I'm going to escalate the problem to something greater than what it already is. And it's going to turn into a, you know, a physical altercation between me and him and maybe even me, him and, and the girl. Right. Right. I don't know what tools he has. I don't know if he has, if he's carrying a knife and he plans to use it. I don't know if he's got a gun in his back pocket. I don't, I don't know. I don't know this guy. Uh, so mental, if, mental state. Yeah. Right? I don't, yeah, I don't, know, I don't know, know his about. mental state. I don't know if he's, you know, uh, uh, some type of uh, criminal or something like that. I don't know his background. Right. So if I don't know, then, and I go over there and intervene, I'm going to find out. Right. And if, if I have a mission to rely on, you know, at the end of the day, if your mission is as simple as my mission is to make it home to my family, and I'm talking about just going to the grocery store or going to that restaurant, right? right? I went to the restaurant, with a, I had a beer with a friend or something like that, right. and and, and uh, now I'm going to go home, and I run into that problem. At the end of the day, my mission is to make it home to my family, to my wife and my two children. If I intervene there is a probability that, that I won't meet, meet my mission, right? Right. So I have to weigh out those stakes and say, what other options do I have? Well, I could just call the cops. Right. You know, I could. Um, I could intervene. Right. Um, uh, I, could, uh, I, could do, I could do something, right? There's, there's, always, there's always different options. It doesn't mean you just have to be like, oh, not my monkey, not my circus, I'm out. You, right. know? you don't have to do that. Um, but yeah. you have options. Yeah. And, and again, your, your, your personal mission, your personal training, your personal skill set, your personal view on life will completely dictate that. Right. Right. So for me and my family, like I'm, I am hyper-focused on my family, right? It is my mission to, to go be a dad to you know right. my three kids, to be a father, be a husband, uh, be a husband to my wife. And, uh, so, so because of that, you know, I'm going to look at things way differently than, you know, the you know, 24, 26-year-old stud who doesn't have that, right? right? So, I mean, again, they may we may have, you know, similar skill sets, way different points of view on life, way different points of view on, like, what our everyday it looks like. Right. Um, and what our, our mission set is, right? What our goals are. Um, so, yeah, 100%. Hey, guys, uh, we're coming up on the last 60 seconds, Tim. Uh, what are, what, what's the, the key points, right? What do we need to know? What do we look forward to next? Uh, well, the the to summarize the third party altercations thing, it, it get away from using the word "I'm a sheepdog," right? Right. Get 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 rid of that. Get that out of your vocabulary and rethink the reason why you're carrying a gun. You're not you're you're not nature's protector, right? You're not out there uh, saving the day. So rethink that. 
what we got looking, what we got to look forward to moving up are more conversations uh, like this, like what we've had. I'm really interested in hearing what our what our listeners and our viewers um, would like for us to discuss. But I th- I think episode two has firearm safety and etiquette is something we were going to be diving pretty deep into. All right, fantastic. Well, uh, listeners, thank you for joining us for our inaugural um, uh, showing of the Rack Show on WSIC. Join us every Saturday at 1 o'clock. We'll see you next week. Bam. Sweet. Nailed it. <laughs>